Video games are the youth phenomenon of our day. That's right, they're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not going to let uh, Mass Effect in my house. The level of violence on video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. Yeah, my mom just canceled my brother's uh, World of Warcraft account, and he's freaking out. The children are developing relationships with all these Pokemon creatures. And then there's the argument that video games can be art. What started with a little game called Pong only grows with every advance in microtechnology. Welcome to Hit Point Pals. We're the Hit Point Pals. Are we the Hit Point Pals? <laughs> Did we? We yes. never discussed this. I'm Travis. I'm William. And we are art. So we are the Hit Point Pals. I assume we are the Hit Point Pals, and anyone else who ever comes on this podcast is also a Hit Point Pals. So I believe we'll be talking a lot about video games. Uh. What is the first video game? Man, I I don't know. Tennis for two. I think that was. Uh, what? I th- I'm I'm dead <laughs> certain. Are you making things up? No, I'm almost certain there was some sort of like a radar-based game called Tennis for Two. A radar-based game? I th- something like that. In fact, it would be older than the '80s because I think Pong was in the '70s. Um, Tennis for Two. I'm looking at a picture of Tennis for Two, and I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Is this like? This looks like something out of like. The Hunt for Red October. And what a game that was. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm dead certain Tennis for Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tennis for Two. It's like a little early video game of some sort. Released in uh, 1958. It was developed by it American physicist William Higginbotham. <laughs> well, I'll, well, I'll be. I'm glad that yeah, the name I've Tennis for learned. Two was somewhere in my head. <laughs> well, aside from really, really old technology, let's get a little more current events and talk about current some events, recent happenings in the video game world. Maybe Here's not. a recent happening. Um, the Epic Game Store is now the exclusive host for the upcoming Metro Exodus. Metro Exodus is a highly yeah. anticipated game. And even I think the weirdest part is that it was advertised on Steam and it was available per, for pre-order until last week yeah like 18 or 17 days before it released yeah so, and I mean, so it, it, it brings up this question of are a lot more developers going to start moving to not just the epic game store but maybe to other platforms um it seems like the epic game store has really taken kind of a big shot at steam uh and steam has i guess kind of pissed off a lot of developers just as far as the profit share i i think the fact that it was you know removed from steam pretty much like like i said 18 days before it came out like it's one thing for a game six months out to say oh epic game store exclusive like yeah there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna complain about that online and i can understand that but it's another thing to have a game less than a month from release say ladies and gentlemen pre-purchase is no longer available please check us out on the epic game store that's like that's, I mean, I, I can't help but wonder, like, what did Epic offer the publisher to really make them think that that Switch was worthwhile? Because Steam is, like, the home of PC gaming. That's where the largest audience is. Are they going to be able to recoup that lost profit on the Epic Games Store? Even, you know, the Epic Games is more uh, generous profit share. Like, I, I'm assuming it's a case of investing early, get as many big titles over, try and build a community of people who use the Epic Game Store. And as time goes on, Epic can pay less and less to developers because there will be more of a uh, a dedicated base of people who purchase on these platforms. Right. We talked about this yesterday. You mentioned a time when like Steam was not all that well 
thought of? Yeah, like, I remember getting Counter-Strike Source, like, way, 2008, 7 maybe, somewhere back then, and I remember seeing a lot of stuff that was, like, harping on Steam because of its connectivity issues, and a lot of things like that, and I remember seeing things about people like, oh, we hate Steam sucks, and that stuff's kind of hard to find now because Steam has improved over the years, but, you know, back then... I guess when you think of PC gaming or gaming in general on all platforms, well, they were you, on discs. Yeah, you'd go to a store and you'd you buy a disc, and if you wanted to play your game, you'd open up the case and put the disc in. But now it's you know, it's all digital, so you can all get it on a digital storefront. But personally, I feel like I don't mind having multiple launchers compared to you know the memories of. Having bookshelves. Please of insert disc like, six. Yeah, please disc insert disc eight, six, disc or it's like, please insert disc five of Battle for Middle Earth two installation, and it's like, whoa, you scratched the hell out of this disc somehow. Yeah. Sorry, kid, you're out of luck. But you know, I, I although I say I I would prefer multiple launchers to the era of many many disc cases, but I suppose that's a bit that's a bit of a straw man argument because the issue now isn't that the issue is we're going from kind of a unified. PC gaming platform to a bunch of different launchers. But then there's also the the question, and this brings me to the, the next piece of news, but there's also the question of the longevity of your digital purchases. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes people ask, like, as a thought experiment, like, hey, what if Steam, you know, shut down? Like, what, what happens to all the games mm-hmm. that you have on Steam that you've probably spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on? Uh, if you're me. Uh, so the Wii Shop channel has closed. And that's interesting oh. to me because, I mean, Rest in peace. I don't, I, I doubt anyone was actually using it. Um, but it is a platform that people purchased things on that were digital, uh, I assume. And so because it has shut down now, as of yesterday, people are now unable to use that service anymore. And mm-hmm. Nintendo did warn everyone. They said, I'm not sure how much advanced warning they gave, but they said, hey, this is going to shut down on this date. If you want to keep any of your digital purchases, uh, you better download them real quick. If they don't fit on your hard drive, you're kind of out of luck. I don't think they said that, but that's kind of what the sentiment was. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I understand that like Nintendo has servers and they can't run them forever, but it does bring into question just the idea of, how reliable all are your digital purchases how what what sort of guarantees are there or are there any guarantees i I don't think steam guarantees anything as far as that do they i don't think i i think a long time ago i had read that if steam was going to shut down they would release some sort of a patch or something that would remove the requirement for steam games to check in with like steam servers in order to run but that was years ago, and I don't even know if they do that now. I guess but the I thing mean, is, just still having the availability to download a game in the first place. Uh, now that I don't know, um, right. I can't imagine them. I mean, I would think the cost of running that many, like hundreds of thousands of servers with hundreds of thousands of terabytes of data, I, I feel like the cost of that alone would just be so immense that if they went out of business. I don't see how that stuff could stay available. Right. But I mean, Steam is just like the prime example. I mean, this... Yeah. You could apply this to any service. Like, what if the Origin store shut down? Or mm-hmm. um, even like, the I guess the Wii U store would be next on the chopping block <laughs> whenever they decide to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah no it's just it's just weird to me and it does it it makes me feel like i should own more physical games i don't know why i just I, i'm not sure if i have like some sort of like apocalyptic premonition or something that like these services will disappear and I'll no longer have access to them. And I should, I should have a bunker like full of discs so that I can <laughs> install them on my computer just in case the uh, all of the internet services shut down. And I, then I won't have anything to play. I'll be stuck with what's what's downloaded on my computer already. If all their online game uh, services started shutting down, I'd be back to like the last physical games that I bought that don't require Steam, which is like, <laughs> man, I don't know, like. Like Age of Empires? <laughs> yeah, maybe Age of Empires 2 or something, or some strange disc, maybe Knights of the Old Republic 2. I've got a disc copy of that somewhere. It's like, man, I'll go back over a decade in gaming. I guess even discs, like we mentioned, they get worn out, and they. I assume a disc only has a certain amount, probably a high number, but a certain amount of spins it can, it, yeah. it can su- suffer through before it's unusable. These does... Is is anything real? Does anything last forever? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's tricky stuff. And like we like we had started with that Nintendo Wii Shop closing down. I just don't see that happening for PC gaming with Steam. Virtual console games from like NES, SNES, and maybe even N64. I, I never really used the Wii Shop. I bought a PS4 after having been exclusively a PC gamer. Uh... And I did buy a bunch of digital games from the PlayStation Store. And not that I, like, regret that or anything, but it does make me wonder, like, like if, if I were to sit down in five years and go, hey, I w- I, I'm going to pull out my PS4, and what if my, like, digital purchases from the PlayStation Store at that point were no longer available? Um, that would be kind of a bummer, and that does make me want to buy, like, exclusively um, physical copies of things. <laughs> Now that I'm uh, just kind yeah. of more aware suppose, of this situation. Yeah, that's like a that's like a bigger thing for consoles because like I was saying with the Wii or like you're saying with the PlayStation, compared to PC, which, you know, we can play games from the 90s and even earlier on our hardware, although we might need to do some software tweaks. There's backwards compatibility. That's like an innate thing with PCs. Whereas with PlayStation 4 or Nintendo Wii, yeah, you can maybe play some earlier games if they're, you know, put on the store and are available for PlayStation 4, but... You can't play PlayStation 5 games or PlayStation 6 stuff. So at a certain right. point, you know, Sony's just going to say, well, everyone's moved on. We don't really need to keep the online store available for the for, you know, PlayStation 4 like they had done with the PSP because they shut that shut that down uh, 2013 or 14, somewhere in there, I think. You know, there's a certain point where it just becomes absurd to keep those servers up from their point of view. So, yeah, with with video right. games on consoles. I feel there is something to be said for buying your game physically. I think it's a very specific problem for me to be worried about, and there's no reason to be even thinking about that at this point. Yeah, I mean, you should probably focus on, you know, playing the games and having fun rather than, you know, starting up the latest Spider-Man game and then going into a cold, like, sweat over the fact that maybe you won't, <laughs> maybe you won't be able to see games. you won't be able to see Peter Parker's high-poly face in the future. Let's move on to what we've been playing yeah yeah fair enough what have you been playing william um i have been playing the resident evil 2 remake excellent um i've been enjoying it that's that's the quick rundown of how i feel about this game the slightly longer rundown is that i have been enjoying it quite a lot cool uh question have you beaten this game i uh i yes i i have beaten the game but okay. there's still some more campaigns and things for, that i can play through that are 
but switch it up a bit. Okay, so here's what I have heard, and you'll have to tell me if I'm correct or not. There is okay. a each there's there's Leon is a playable character and Claire is a playable character. Did yes. I even get those names right? Okay, and you can play yes. one there you can play one of their campaigns first, and that unlocks the B campaign for the other character. So it sounds like there's four campaigns and A and a B for each character. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I've I, I have completed Leon A and Claire B, and I am most of the way through Claire A, and then I'll start Leon B. So what is the difference between A and B? Um, let's see. Leon and Claire have their general big story beats. Um, spoiler alert for people who have not played Resident Evil 2, the original, uh, which at this point, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this, but it's over 20 years old. Um, Leon goes to the police station after he meets up with Claire. They get separated. He goes to the police station, He starts doing puzzles there. And then throughout the course of his campaign, you learn about bioweapon testing and some sort of a, a virus that has infected this guy named uh, Birkin and you team up with this Chinese secret agent named Ada Wong and then you you do all sorts of neat stuff and then Claire's campaign involves her getting meeting up with Leon getting split up and then uh, going to the police station and meeting up with this little girl named Sherry and then adventuring with her so the campaigns uh, each character, that's still generally their campaign. They still generally meet up with Ada Wong, go into this lab, or in Claire's case, meet up with Sherry and just roam about and do adventures for her. Um, it's the ordering of objects, uh, rooms that are available to be reached that changes up, and some locations okay. are a little different. So you play one campaign, then you play the other for a little different, for a different story and a little different take on the, the map. It handles better than... Resident Evil 4, which was, I would say, much more focused on action than even 2 Remake. 2 Remake just tries to keep it in that survival horror tradition by making combat, it, although it's very fluid um, and a little bit claustrophobic because of how close you are to Leon and in these narrow hallways, but by making enemies very hard to kill, and in the case of one enemy, uh, impossible to kill. So, yeah, you can get into combat, and, you know, the shooting is quite easy, but what trades that off is... How many bullets is it going to take to drop a zombie or a liquor or some other sort of mutant oh, creature? What? Like how many shit? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil series. There's these creatures called liquors. Oh, okay. And they've got big tongues and that's, that's why they're called liquors. When did the, are these, these are from the original two? Yeah. These are from, yeah. These are from RE2. Do we, have you played the original two? The, the original two is in the original Resident Evil two or the original two is in Resident Evil one and two. Um... The original Resident Evil 2. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I watched your brothers play through uh, oh. parts of 2. I think they had it on PlayStation 1. It's just super weird to me that they remade... It's not super weird. I think it's super cool that they remade a game that was that old and gave it such a drastic refresh. Yeah, such a drastic remake. I know that there is a remake of Resident Evil 1 because it's sitting in my Steam library and I've never played it. <laughs> But I did play Resident Evil 1 on GameCube, and from what I saw as far as the remaster, isn't it, isn't that one mostly just like updated textures and stuff? Yeah, it's you know, it's made it's updated textures and character models and lighting to make it look more 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 recent and much more appealing to the eye. Right. Whereas Resident Evil 2 is basically a completely new game that shares the same plot of a very old game. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, RE1 remake does change up some stuff. 
and I think it adds some new areas and a new boss that wasn't in the original, but it still keeps that same camera perspective. A lot of the jump scares from the original are there, but reordered. Whereas Resident Evil 2 Remake, I, it's got a lot of similarities, but a lot of things are, like a lot of things are very different. As you mentioned, it doesn't even keep the same camera and things like that. So it's it's a more distant remake than RE1 Remake, I'd say. There is this large mutant creature called uh, Mr. X. Um, He wears, Mr. X. yeah, he wears a, trench coat and a fedora but he's very spooky um i feel like you're making up the fedora uh, i wish i was but he's very spooky and he wears the fedora and he just stomps on after you to try and uh whoop your ass uh you can't kill him in this one in the original i think you could shoot him a lot of times and he'd drop down and you'd be good for a bit but in this all you can do at most is stun him so you spend most of your at, at a point maybe a third of the way through the game he shows up and uh you spend large parts of that game from then on running from him and you can hear his footsteps stomping around while you try and solve puzzles. It's very, very stressful. But at one point I had thought uh, I had lost him um, and I was walking down a hallway and then he burst through a wall and I just about shit a brick. But, you know, you can't you can't stop and do that because he's going to kill you. So I had to run away from him and get to a safe room. So just as an idea, have you made any attempts to perhaps talk to mr x uh, i have not um maybe maybe he's a nice guy there's some sort of peaceful resolution to this that could be had yeah just as far as opening up a conversation <laughs> open up a dialogue see x, see his, get his point of view dialogue and yeah exactly yeah. i mean he doesn't get his own campaign so the game's already a little bit biased oh. in that regard i would say i mean he does try and kill you but uh yeah okay well i I guess that's a completely yeah I mean he doesn't yeah I didn't shit a brick because he broke through a wall and said hi I shit a brick because he broke through a wall and tried to snap (laughs) my neck but yeah (laughs) okay I guess that's fair that's been pretty much the big new game that I've been playing and that's really the only game I've been playing for the past couple of days what about you what have you been like playing any any new releases any old ones like what what have you been up to um so I have been I have just started on on a I guess a sort of a personal quest and um, I don't really have a new game that I have been playing now because I've been consumed with this personal quest to um, beat a Legend of Zelda game hmm. because I so far have failed to do this and I feel like I've been given a lot of opportunities to beat a Legend of Zelda game and I have failed uh, in every aspect <laughs> to accomplish that but um I guess I here I have to go into like background now. So okay. like my family got us a GameCube. That was my first uh that was my first console mm-hmm. that I had to play with. And there looking back on it, a lot of the games that we had were weird like they weren't triple A games, okay? So like I played a lot of Spider Man the movie game and Well, you saying that I ain't triple A game? No, okay. <laughs> I think the first game we got was Monsters Inc. Dodgeball. There was like a like a Nickelodeon like party game. Well, what I'm trying to get to is like we didn't have Mario games and we didn't have like Zelda games, and I think a lot of that was due to not really having the internet, not really knowing what a triple A game was at the time, not really having any sort of reference as far as what games should you be playing what games should you maybe skip like i do now where i can just get on the internet um but then going back to the gamecube like i didn't have any point of reference for that and so 
I think the first time I saw Wind Waker was like you had it at your house and I saw it and I didn't really get to see a ton of it and I thought that's interesting but like I I just I there was this weird disconnect between me and knowing like what was something good to consume as as far as video games and what was something probably to skip and so from there I didn't really have any way to translate that to my parents um in essence we would like look at games at the store and I knew my parents really didn't like to spend a ton of money on video games. Mm, okay. And so if there was a video game that had like a $60 price tag or whatever the equivalent was back then, like I assume Wind Waker, for example, would have been the $60 price tag. Mm-hmm. Then I would just kind of glance over it because I knew that like my parents wouldn't have wanted to pay for that. They would be perfectly happy to pay for like Spider-Man <laughs> the movie game or whatever. It was just a, it was just, it was just weird. There was a lot of of um me not being informed and such at the time and for whatever reason i think it's very silly but for whatever reason i look back on that sort of thing with regret like damn i never i never played the wind i've never played legend of zelda wind waker on gamecube mm-hmm. but to make up for these transgressions i um i've started trying to find like the best way to play a lot of these uh zelda games and so one of the first things I did was I got a used 3DS, or sorry, no, I got a used 2DS, the 2D, the newer 2DS model, and I got a copy of Ocarina of Time 3D. I made the very wise decision of buying, like, a lot of Legend of Zelda games at the same time and starting them <laughs> all at the same time. So basically what I'm saying is I'm probably not going to accomplish my goal of beating a Legend of Zelda game because instead of picking one, I've just started up several and made save games and started bouncing maybe, between them. Huh. What you should maybe do is like start one and then I don't know, self-limit yourself and say you won't play any others until you beat this one. That way you'll You know what? That sounds like a great idea, but, but it never yeah, it never works. That's one of those things of like yeah, easier me. said than done. But I mean, I don't know. Everyone talks about like how they have a backlog. I just feel like mine is more egregious than a lot of people's. Mm. Well, Anyway, I'm trying to get through some of this with The Legend of Zelda. Um, I have, in the past, I've tried to play, uh, like, the N64 version of Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a certain um, era of games, like, back that far, where something about the small <laughs> amount of polygons and the uh, just the way the camera moves in those games tends to give me a lot of motion sickness. Huh. I believe I got to like the like the Zora place and I was hanging out with the Zoras and maybe one place beyond that. I think I actually got to like the place where the um where the Gerudo hang out. Mm. And I think that's when I stopped playing it. Damn dude. I I don't know. <laughs> Can't help you on that. I feel like that's that's pretty far into a game for like just playing it and then abandoning it and then coming back again later and then going, nah. Yeah. There's also that thing where, like, I return to a game and I start it up and I load up my save and I'm like, well, I don't remember what was happening. I better just make a new game mm-hmm. and start over. That's that's the big curse of, I don't of know like, why I do that to myself. I, I, that's especially bad with role-playing games. Because they're so... Yeah. There's such that... Oh, no. Yeah. I've done that so much with Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I think if if you look at my Steam, I've logged like ninety hours in Dragon Age Origins, and I've never beaten the game. Jesus Christ! But I, I I'm not one to talk in that case because I've played Dragon Age Origins several times, but I've never fully beaten it. And I think on my last playthrough, I put in like 
20 hours into that game. I, I, I played a whole bunch of it. I mean, there's still more of it. I played a whole bunch. I got, I was really into it. I haven't bought a damn art book, but then like, oh. I don't know. I, I just suddenly like stopped playing Dragon Age Origins. Then when I tried to load it back up, I thought, man, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, at this point I'd have to start over. I have Dragon Age Origins too. I got that off of a bundle or something. But I have I have all three games. My god. <laughs> because I told myself I was going to get through one and then play the Fuck. others and they were on sale and I thought I better get them while they're on sale because they'll never go on sale again. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> That's how I am with the uh the Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure what it is about with what? That's how I am with the uh the Witcher. I've played a lot i've played over half of the witcher one and i really liked what i played and then i stopped because i had to go do something else or go on a trip then i come back and it, the ui is so bulky to me I, I have a hard time with remembering all these characters and it's like i guess i'll start a new game and go through a part that i've already played so i can get to the witcher 2 and then to the witcher 3 because i don't want to just play the witcher 3 without having played the previous two i feel like i'd like i'd like to have that kind of background with the main character or something. And there's also another part of this where I feel like I'm not allowed to play certain games because they're part of a long running franchise or they're like a remake of a game that I didn't play in the past. Mm. And I feel like I'm not allowed to like play the new doom <laughs> because I never played the original doom <laughs> or even like doom three. I mean, I played that on PC, like on, on a disc copy, but I never beat it. I don't think. Maybe I did, and I've just erased it from my memory. But stuff like that. Like, I have Tomb Raider in my library. You know, the 2010 or whatever Tomb Raider yeah. from the new Tomb Raider series. And I always told myself, like, yeah, I'm going to play the original Tomb Raider games, and then I'll play this game. And I never did that because there's something very unappealing about playing those old games. I think part of it is, like, an aversion to the motion sickness that I don't want to get. Mm -hmm. But then there's other games, like, I did play through Deus Ex Human Revolution, and somehow I was able to convince myself to do that, even though I hadn't played through the old Deus Ex games. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, yeah. Huh. I wonder, I wonder what it is about maybe certain games or just certain series <laughs> that you just start up or you don't start up and you think, oh, yeah, I'll play it later. Or I'll, I'll play these other it's ones. Because I feel, it's because I feel like I'm like, I'm not part of the club because... Well, you'll never I'm get in the club if you don't like, ever play I'm, the game. You're right. So you're kind of like, I don't know, you're like st sitting outside... Like the entrance to the club, like staring in through the window. You're just like, oh man. I'm staring at oh. like I'm staring at like a like a photo book of old pictures of the club before it was remodeled. Yeah, and the bouncer's asking if you want to come in, but you're like, oh, I wasn't here in the 30s. I oh I I couldn't because oh, but there used to be a chandelier, but there is oh I can't I couldn't oh, I never dream of it. <laughs> so yeah. I mean. But okay, you told me that in Deus Ex: Human Revolution there is. Uh, there's there's a there's a sequence or there's a side quest or something that references the old game. Yeah. There's a character or something. Yeah, there's like a character and there's like little maybe bits of music you'll hear in on like a radio and you'll ah, I don't know why on earth that would be playing on a radio here, but I, don't I remember know. it. It, sh <laughs> it shouldn't be a big deal to me, but I feel like uh, I've I've missed out on on this cool connection to the old games that I never played because I was too busy standing outside. The club looking at an old photo album. Well, yo, why the fuck I standing outside the club right now? Like, I mean, I get, I mean, it's not like, but it's such a small thing though. It's not like, 
you hear something on the radio and then you just like get bummed out because you don't know what it is. I mean, it's, I know that's 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 why I said it, it shouldn't be that big of yeah, a deal to me. It's a it's, wink. I don't know. It's just very erratic thinking. I need to just reprogram myself to let those things go, or like actually hunker down and play the old games. I don't know. I haven't found a solution to this 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 conundrum yet. <laughs> I'll let you know when I do. We played Anthem. That's true. That that's, is, that's next time. That's next time I was I wrote we played Anthem. It was weird. Oh my god, I keep getting hit by rockets! I can't move! I gotta go hide for me. Whoa, whoa. What the? I'm stuck in a wall! <laughs> so, okay, here, to clarify, we played the demo, I believe... This was last weekend, yeah, this so was I believe the this VIP was the demo. It's not my type of game. Uh, I was wondering kind of what Bioware would make uh, next. Because I've been a big fan of Bioware titles, uh, I can. I am disappointed. I I mean I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed. It's just I'm disappointed. Damn. Well, all right. Uh, let Let's hear why you're disappointed. I'm disappointed because it feels grindy, and I feel like I was supposed to expect this, and I feel like they even kind of pitched it that way, but it was just more grindy than i could have anticipated and i just felt like there was nothing there it felt like i i was grasping at some sort of like very loose sci-fi generic sci-fi creation like the tropical jungles and stuff i mean i just felt like it was avatar the creatures felt like i felt like i was playing avatar okay yeah i mean i think we agree i like i wasn't very taken with the nuts maybe not even so much the setting but just the design of everything although i suppose that's my own personal thing when it comes to games it could be a garbage game but if it has a design like a look an art style and an an atmosphere that i really like i'll probably still love the game so you know maybe i'm not the best person to be talking on this but i just wasn't too interested in anthem the look of anthem the sound design of anthem just the creatures, the gameplay, specifically the gameplay. Like, I understand this isn't going to be a Bioware's old-school RPG fair. Conversations in the demo only give you two choices that didn't really seem to do anything. But it, it, it seems like it's EA and Bioware's Destiny. Because I have played Destiny uh, 2 on PC. And that wasn't really my cup of tea either. But, I don't know, that that type of game, it's... It's like action RPG, like Diablo, but with shooting elements. So it's like third person, or in Destiny's case, first person. But that's just not the uh, kind of game that I'm too interested in, regardless of who makes it. So my it. understanding of Destiny, because I've never played Destiny, but my understanding of Destiny is that it is a first person shooter, but it's really an MMO. <laughs> Uh, yeah, kinda. Yeah, I, I, I'd say kind of. Okay, ex just explain where I'm wrong then, so I get a so of this. when I think of MMOs, I think of like, I don't know, images in my head of like World of Warcraft or like RuneScape, where you go on like these big raids with huge groups of people, or you're wandering around a town. Yeah, you've got these big areas, you've got these big hub worlds. Yeah, you've got people just standing around selling stuff. Whereas with Destiny, it seemed like th there's that social element from MMOs, but when you go into a uh, into a mission or a dungeon which that game has um, it becomes this instanced element where it's like you and 
three other people on like a little mission solo. Like it's just your Is sm- it more similar to Left for Dead? No, and if if we're going with that route, I would say it's more like an MMO. Okay. But there's I feel it's like MMO Halo in a way. Yeah. Not just because well maybe just because it's done by Bungie and they've got that that sci-fi kind of look, but yeah, I w- I don't know if I call it MMO. I mean, you're very you're, you're almost never playing with in a massive multiplayer environment, but you are playing with people mm. from all across the world. So I suppose it's something like a traditional multiplayer shooter and an MMO kind of mixed together and a co-op shooter mixed together. It's it's interesting and I like the idea. I like the gunplay in that in Destiny, but that 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 gameplay, that kind of grind of playing a mission, shooting a bunch of things, getting better gear numerically, and then going back and doing a different dungeon that you've already seen like 30 times and grinding there again, just didn't really interest me. Not that it's a bad game, because people evidently like it. They made a Destiny 2, and EA is trying to cash in on that, but it's just not for me. Right, I mean, I think any game like has that sort of element of going through a lot of stuff to get new things but then i think we kind of apply the term grind to it with an mmo because there's so little story and so much repetition yeah and i also think yeah it's what are you doing the grinding in service of is in service of the plot or is it in the service of getting better gear so you can get through this like level like this gate this like level that requires like you to be a certain level and you need to grind your way to get to that level so you can do this place and rinse and repeat. Like, I, I guess right. it's... Right, and I think, like, what kills me about Anthem, though, is uh, this is what they abandoned Mass Effect Andromeda DLC to make. Yeah. Um, Bioware has a history of really great stories and lots of immersion, and none of their games have ever had anything other than single player basically and so i thought like this sounds really cool this game even if it was another studio i probably wouldn't have given it a second like look and i think that's probably how it was for a lot of people that's why there has been so much hype around anthem is that bioware has a really good track record except if you know if you forget about mass effect andromeda (laughs) but they have a really good track record of making really memorable games Mm -hmm. and i think with you I, I tend to bring up this point of, like, why aren't there more good co-op games? I mean, because we played Dungeon Lords so long ago, and Dungeon <laughs> Lords was a full fantasy <laughs> RPG that inexplicably allowed you to play with up to seven other people. Yeah. And we have yet to find anything that uh, flexible in terms of, like, here's a here's a full game, here's the co-op element to it here's a full rpg with a co-op element mm-hmm. okay so we're going back to anthem okay. i'm trying to bring the conversation back around to i anthem. felt like the controls were pretty fluid I've, I've been seeing people complain about the flying controls on pc i didn't have much of a problem with them i i in fact liked them okay i have a huge complaint okay let's, let's hear it <laughs> because i remember you telling me while we were playing you were telling me wow like the movement's really cool and stuff, and I agree, but it's also from Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay. Mass Effect Andromeda was bad, but it had one thing that was really, really, like, incredible, and that was your movement abilities, mm-hmm. particularly in combat. The whole game was garbage, but the <laughs> movement, you, the movement in that game just felt so cool, and just being able to, go like, have it, like, add a vertical aspect to the kind of tired 
like cover and shoot aspect of most third person shooters you know even including the old mass effect games mm-hmm. um and so they i it was really like incredible to me that they had like really perfected in my opinion this new this totally new uh movement aspect in mass effect andromeda where you could like quickly gain higher ground you could do a lot of combination type stuff and then all of these things like were also in anthem and so I don't know. I guess I have mixed feelings about it. Like on one hand, it's really underwhelming, but at the same time, I did like that system. So like, I can't complain about it too much. I mean, if it's not broke, I get you know. Like, if anything, they improved on it by adding. The, I thought the flight was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't you can't fly like Iron Man and Mass Effect Andromeda, but you in 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 Des- What is this game called? Anthem. <laughs> In Anthem, it seems like the big addition that they've made to... Uh, I, it's called your Javelin, though, your exosuit. Yeah. I'm just calling it the Jump Jets from Mass Effect Andromeda. Anyway, what was your thing on the on the Javelin? Uh, I, I, I like how it controls. I like all the customization that you can do for it. And, yeah, I like, I, I like the controls. It's just everything that you use those controls to do, I could care less about. So, you know. Right. It's like, oh, this car is really, really cool, but you can only drive it through this like place that doesn't interest you. Yeah, I, I'm probably not going to drive that car on that place that doesn't interest me. So, yeah, I, I think that's the positive I have. For right, it. and I was reviewing some of our footage from playing the demo just for this, and I, there are several instances where this dude comes in on the radio and he's like, well, you need to get this thing, and you need to go out to this point, and you need to activate the thing, and then you need to come back so that we can get through the door. And I don't know. It's just, it's it's a it's an objective. It's it's a fundamental part of a video game, but it just didn't have enough weight for me to really live up to what Bioware is known for. It's like for. the bare minimum for a story. Is somebody talking in your ear and saying, oh, I've interpreted all this cool shit. Let me tell you. And then they tell you and they say, go back to this place and do this thing again. So what we've gotten to do is really get a good good hold on the, really get a good feel for the gameplay. Yeah. How combat works and stuff that's really important, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I can understand why some people really do seem to like the the anthem game as it is so far but like i had said earlier it's just it's not the type of game that i'm interested in i'm not too wild about playing a game that i can kick back and just kind of grind in i already hate that in rpgs so yeah no i was i was very wary of the idea of of anthem possibly being another sort of destiny like game where and i i get the appeal of those games like you hop on with your friends and you like catch up and you go through a dungeon and stuff but that's like where you lose me is like i don't want to just go through a dungeon like i'd rather you know i'd rather have a cool story with all these npcs and stuff like that i mean i guess it's also part of like i I do prefer single player games over multiplayer games but i think even over single player games i prefer a good co-op game which there just don't seem to be a huge ton of yeah and the last good one that i really remember playing i would say was probably sea of thieves it's yeah sea of thieves isn't you know it's not mmo it's not it's not like innately versus i call it i call it a co-op game yeah i mean and the reason is you have to have a friend to uh successfully operate your pirate ship yeah and uh it's even got you know versus elements but even then we, we you know when we were playing that 
there were many times we'd encounter other ships, and sometimes they weren't hostile, and sometimes they were quite friendly. But my memories of Sea of Thieves are like all the co-op. We mo- sailed around on the, uh, we yeah we sailed around on a boat. Uh, we whipped out our instruments and we played funny songs and we we remarked about how cool the water was and we sailed <laughs> yeah. to uh, different islands and we got out and we did our stuff and we sailed back and forth and i just have very peaceful memories of it and then when i think back to the anthem demo i just remember got to activate this thing just this guy being in your ear the whole time to tell you why you're doing what you're doing yeah and you have exactly zero of that in sea of thieves and i guess that that thing on that you know on guidances and sea of thieves yeah, you've got, you know, oh, if you get a chest, you can bring it to this person. You can take missions and you're just kind of how you do it is entirely up to you. Whereas an anthem, exactly. you know, you've got, like you said, that guy saying, oh, my God, the this thing broke this thing apart. Oh, my, you got to go here. Oh, gee. Oh, you got to shoot them. Kill them all. Wow. That did it. Now, listen, I need you to do this. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Can I just explore? Um, And even then, I don't even think exploration would be all that fun because the gameplay loop doesn't seem to be about exploration it's about loading into the world and doing these missions whereas on sea of thieves if you want to take a detour and explore like an island that you're passing that you don't need to stop at yeah you you can go ahead and do that it's fun to you know it's a fun thing to steer your ship up alongside an island and stop in time drop the anchor hop off look around the island and you know keep an eye out for other ships in the distance it's all fun because you you are doing what you want to do there's nothing in that game. Right. That you and I have think that's kind of like that's kind of the fundamental idea of a like a video game, right? I mean, especially an open ended video game is it's all about interactivity. And if you're being forced to go along a linear path the whole time, that's not all that interactive. Then it just feels more like you're just going through the motions. Yeah, I I, I, I suppose so, but at the same time, if you buy a game like Anthem expecting to get what Anthem is, then you're getting a game. That's exactly what you want out of it. Like Splinter Cell games, those are very linear or Call of Duties are very linear, but people still really enjoy those. And I would, I, I think we would all agree that those are video games. I think it's just yeah. that, but it's just not the type of game that we're looking for. It's not. There's just something, something about, there being like this very peaceful element to Sea of Thieves where you have room to breathe and you have room to look around and decide like what you want to do or not do. Yeah, I suppose. And you don't really get that in Anthem was my was my takeaway. That kind of was kind downtime. Of like, there was always something that you had to do. There wasn't a ton of downtime. There were maybe some moments like that puzzle solving thing. Well, yeah, but, I suppose. I mean, aside from that, it was just kind of, I don't know. I just, it made me want to play Sea of Thieves again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking about how Bioware said, we're going to give you the Bioware experience as like a, a game you can play with your friends. And then it was bad. <laughs> That's where I stand on Anthem. I want to give it another try. Anthem? I believe the open demo is this week. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to give it another try. I feel like maybe we backed out of it too early, but I also feel like I got a pretty good feel for what it's like. But even with that in mind, I feel like maybe there's some stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. Like, I've read a lot about, like, there's this new... You can... If you play the demo enough, you unlock a new suit, and the suit is really where the game starts feeling cool. Oh, what a great demo. So they give you a suit that sucks ass? (laughs) I don't know how much I believe that. Yes, no, that that is what I heard. 
That is mm. what I heard. The suit you're given is kind of like your training wheels. It's kind of to get you used to the movement and stuff. And then you unlock this this other suit that I, I believe is called the Colossus. And the Colossus plays entirely differently. Um, the way it was described to me was kind of like the Iron Man suit versus the Hulkbuster suit. Huh. Um, one, I, like a co-op game that we were able to finally get around to that we had talked about or had brought up for a while was that uh that co-op game a way out from ea oh yeah 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 and that was a game that w- was the co-op game because you have to play it with someone else and even if you're playing it online it is always split screen so you can see what your partner is always up to it was super weird because yeah. it it what it gave you i'm not sure if it was intentional or not but it gave you the feeling like the essence of playing on a console in the same room with someone in a split screen game yeah uh it was yeah it was it was very it was a very interesting game and uh i don't think it was you know all that you know fantastic but i i had fun it was really neat to play this story-based fully co-op game i my my favorite like memories of a way out were any of the sections where we were given freedom to goof around yeah I'm, uh, there's namely like the farm sequence where you could do like these rhythm games yeah uh, like lots of the game is very very linear as i mean quite literally you you have to do this one thing a certain way but every once in a while the game kind of gives you a space to do things you've got one thing you're supposed to do but you can like mess with stuff talk to npcs and they might send you to go do things and there's just this kind of world building stuff like it's world building you kind of get connected you kind of see what's going on you get to see the work the developers put into the game and all these little like little vignettes of little things characters that you can appreciate yeah and I, I those parts were really really fun because you can always see what the other person's up to on the split screen so you can kind of see, right. oh, I didn't know you could do that. And then you rush over there and give it a shot. Or I think there's a part in a trailer park where we were able to play baseball of some sort. Like one of yeah. us was the pitcher and the other had the bat. It's like, they didn't need this. This is this has nothing to do with the main <laughs> story of the game, but it was a fun little distraction. I, I mean, uh, yeah, those parts were all very fun. Of course, we haven't mentioned the story, despite the fact we've said this is a story-based, like, co-op game that you have to play with a friend and we haven't mentioned the story because it's <laughs> in my opinion it's not very good it's not very well okay, written well but it okay, is look, fun to play so with in a, a way friend. out the story isn't very good yeah but it's it's fun to play in anthem the story isn't very good but you can't play baseball so i don't like anthem damn all right ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first anthem gets a zero baseball out of 10 baseball <laughs> Let's b- we could do a up. podcast where we Review games based on how much baseball they have. Damn. So that's zero out of tens for the most part. And then every once in a while, maybe like yeah, a one or two. I mean, two. you've got like backyard baseball or you've got like out of the park baseball. Yeah, but those are 10 and out of 10. There's some instances where you can you can maybe get like some fours left for dead. You've got a baseball bat. Oh. Any game with a baseball bat, I think immediately gets at least a four. What does it take to get a five? Um, uh, Maybe lightsaber. You can deflect blaster shots back at enemies. That that's even... very similar oh, to baseball. I see. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I see how I see what you're going. Um, at. Yeah, any game that has maybe a ball you can throw also maybe that's like a three out of ten, at least. So if it has a ball and a bat, then you're already at seven. But okay, so 
having a lightsaber where you can deflect lasers is you'd say you'd give that like a five or so right yeah and if it has a bat that's a four what if it's like a grenade that you can throw that's like a ball yeah but you have to be able to like deflect it somehow and i'm not talking about picking up the grenade and throwing it back because that's not how you play baseball but that's well if you're in the outfield you catch the ball and toss it to like third base or something Okay, listen, all I know about baseball is a man with a bat hits the ball. Okay. I don't know anything about this outfield that you're talking about. He deflects the ball. What I know is a man hits the ball with a bat, and that is baseball. Hell yeah. Well, there's our baseball scale that'll never show up again. But there are there are a lot of, of co-op games that we haven't gotten to yet, and my, my hope and our, our sort of plan here is to uh, possibly play through some of these and record some video or stream or whatever we figure out we're going to do including playing through um an old thorn in our side called Dungeon Lords which we'll probably discuss uh, on another episode yes. because there's a lot to talk about yeah, there. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a saga's worth of things to say about that, but that's for another yeah. time. <laughs> right. But there... I just yeah, I mean I I'm always curious like what games will provide good co-op because that just doesn't seem like a thing that developers are super interested in and i think i understand why i just like i don't know i wish there were more a way out i wish there were more ways out i wish there were more joseph fairs or whatever i wish there were more ways out of this single player multiplayer (laughs) hellhole yeah i mean it's not like i don't love single player games because I do. They're 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 a lot of them are incredible, um, but I just I think there's a completely separate and great experience to be had playing through a story that's designed for you to play. Yeah, together. I mean, we, there's still yeah, I mean, there's still lots of co-op games that come out, but they're not. It's not the same. I mean, they're not made for split screen, of course, anymore, and. Um, Especially on PC, that makes sense. But th- th- there's something there about like the old couch co-op gaming or even couch versus that was really fun. Because mm-hmm. as cool as right. it is to call, to like talk with your friend via voice chat uh, online or to, you know, taunt your enemies in voice chat, there's something missing when you can't like look over at your friend and say, nice job. Or in like maybe a round of Medal of Honor Frontline versus multiplayer like say oh i killed you to somebody right next to you there's that <laughs> there's some immediacy that's like lost not that that's like you know right a terrible thing but there's a fondness for that and i'm also interested to see some of these upcoming games that look like they do have a co-op focus like wolfenstein youngblood uh far cry new dawn and i i mean we still need to get ready uh we still need to get around to playing far cry 5 we still need to get around <laughs> to playing a ton of co-op games on our backlog but Wolfenstein Youngblood, there's no gameplay of. I assume it would be like the current Wolfenstein games, but once again, there's no game. I have no idea. But if it's co-op, I'd be willing to give it a shot. You know, in the following months, especially when we get closer to the summer and E3, there's going to be a lot more rumors and maybe more trailers and things for upcoming games and upcoming co-op games, but... Uh yeah, so uh, the the future the future comes as it does when it feels like it. One day we have at no a time. Control. Yep. The future is a freight train barreling forward with no way to stop it, with no Spider-Man to stop it. Godspeed, Spider-Man. 
<laughs> we just end the podcast on a clip of Willem Dafoe saying Godspeed Spider-Man. I think that in the future we should have one of these episodes where we only talk about Spider-Man. Hell yeah. yeah that- it will be the Spider-Man special episode. We'll talk about the Raimi trilogy We'll, uh, we're not going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about Spider-Man: Homecoming. We'll talk about Insomniac Spider-Man. No, no, we'll talk about each of these Spider-Mans on their own thing. We'll call it Web Slinging Wednesday. <laughs> All right, so oh, no. you guys have a new podcast oh, to look no. forward to oh, no. called Web Slinging Wednesday. We're going to be releasing a new episode every Wednesday. I hope you guys are in the mood for some Spider-Man gossip. But actually, so this was our this was our first you know run of 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 uh, of this podcast, which I've already forgotten the name of. We uh, hit hit point pals, yes, hit point hit pals, pals, right? Yep, hit point pals. This was our this was our soft uh, pilot episode for hit point pals, and I guess what I mean by that is like uh, I'm open to to it not being a thing. Like I feel like sometimes people will go, "Hey, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a podcast, and it's gonna be great, and you should follow our." <laughs> twitter account for the podcast yeah, I guess, and stuff. Yeah. but i'm just kind of i i'm in a i i'm in a mood on this where i just want to take this soft approach of like he, we're recording this then i'll sit down and i'll edit it and let's let's see if this works i think it has worked so far but i i feel like we should be able to look at it and say hey this was cool we'll do another one and if not then we won't but <laughs> that's i guess where was i going with this i was saying this was our this was like our soft pilot for the episode and so we don't really have any any firm plans as far as when the next episode will be or whatever but assuming we want to continue with this we'll we'll figure all that stuff out yeah and, and you guys can tune in uh whenever here's here's hoping that and, uh you know you guys have enjoyed what we've presented so far maybe you've enjoyed you know, yeah the topics the conversations the, the just this meandering kind of podcast but you know we'll see it's up to you guys at, at the end it, it, right. re- it really is godspeed spider-man <laughs> oh shit <laughs> no yours is better your, your impression is better than mine. <laughs> i can't even get through it without <laughs> godspeed it's, it's spider-man part of the movie <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. i mean it's like the light it's his last line of the movie uh, well, no his last line Lone of the Defoe. movie is oh and then oh. He dies. oh no you're right you're oh. completely right does he say something in death i feel like that's a very raimi thing i haven't seen the movie in so i long. don't think he says anything in death except for like ah, yeah. i oh, don't man. remember him saying anything in death i, I just remember godspeed spider-man and then oh and then he gets hit uh we should do a spider-man trilogy rewatch Anyway, we were so close to being able to transition smoothly into the end of the podcast. I guess here I'll probably start to fade in some music, and so um, also I have some good advice. Uh-huh. Just as like as 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 fun as it is to listen to podcasts, and as entertaining as I'm sure that we are, um, <laughs> play some games because games are fun. 